Hello and welcome to the Time to Ride podcast with me, Simon, the Spokesman Macruth. This week, my guest is Managing Director of Hort Velo, Adam Sedgwick. Welcome to Time to Ride, Sedge. Thanks very much, Zach. Oh, sorry, I mean Simon. <laughs> hey, that's going back a bit, using nicknames. <laughs> hey, little hey. bit, little bit. <laughs> God, that must be what? It'd be 97. Yes, it'll be 1997 because um, we're at Lancaster and Morecambe College um, and I was doing an art foundation course. What were you studying at the time? Uh, what was it? I was doing electronics and communications, BTEC National Diploma. I basically I was at Ray Castle before that and then they closed it. Ray Castle on the side of Lake Windermere used to be the old Naval College and uh, they closed it. As I was there after the first year, so we all had to move down to Lancaster and Wellcome College, which wasn't quite a castle on the side of a lake. But uh, it was still nice. Yeah, I still had a good time, met people like you, so I can't complain. Well, yeah, we had a <laughs> few mutual friends. I, I remember an old classmate of mine, Nick Spence, took us out running and uh, gave me an absolute beasting going over the Greyhound. Uh, <laughs> um, he's still a beast. Yeah, he's cycling quite hard now. I call him Quad, Quadzilla. He does a lot of... Uh, He's in a team in the northeast. I forget the name of it. They wear pink, and he uh, does a lot of hill climbs. Strong boy, very strong boy. Very talented rider. Um, anybody that's listening, this guy, to look at him, you would say he's a sprinter in the mould of Cavendish. I would say the size of his thighs, <laughs> and to sure. think that he does hill climbs on not on just a, a you know club level. He does it on a national level and gets the results. Um, he's a massive unit in his former rugby player, but he was, it's like, wow, mm. big, big lad and very talented. Um, so let's go back um, a little bit further, um, not before we met, but you went on from Lancaster and Markham. You went to, is it John Moore? Uh, John Moore's University in Liverpool. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I went to university. I was the first person in the family ever to go to university. And, uh, yeah, basically I got a bit of a, a wake up in life. I was quite happy to have a normal sort of nine to five job, married at 25, look forward to my two weeks holidays a year, whatever, which is absolutely fine. Nothing wrong with that, of course. And, uh, but yeah, no, unfortunately my brother passed away. Uh, he had cancer, testicular cancer. So any gentlemen listen, particularly those of late teens, twenties, thirties, check your testicles. It's very important. Uh, and, but basically, yeah, he passed away and that gave me a bit of a kick up the bum, opened my eyes to a few things, stuck home for a, a year or so with my, my parents. And uh, in that time, I went to visit a few friends in, at university and they were all sort of in their first years at Freshers, Freshers Weeks and all that. And I uh, went over and it looked a right laugh because all I saw them do is play rugby, drink and do sport. And so I thought I want a bit of that. So I worked out a way of getting to university and I managed to scrape through with my national diploma. I went to Liverpool, John Moores, and yeah, carried on to do, um, yeah, what did I end I ended up getting my degree in, because I swapped from electronics and communications to do my degree in broadcast engineering, broadcast technician or something like that. And uh, yeah, I quite quickly realised when I was at uni that uh, I'd sort of look around the classroom and I'd see all these lads getting really excited about schematic diagrams of circuit boards for this, that and the other and different formulas for, uh, I don't know, working out ohms resistance of a resistor. Or what, I don't know. I can't even remember half of it now. 
Uh, but yeah, and I realised that wasn't quite for me. But I was already in there. Money was invested. And so I thought, I need to get a degree because that'll open doors. And I was having a hell of a good time. Liverpool's a great city. Love it. Uh, so yeah, so I ended up getting there. My degree at John Year's. Electronics degree. It's a million miles from what you're doing now, Sedge. It's like, if, <laughs> if let, let's let's use this platform to tell everybody what you do um, and why they should come and actually come and see you because you're now based in Switzerland. I am, yes. Uh, running a company called Hot Velo. Um, will you tell us about it, please? Yeah, no, no. Well, I learned a lot of uni and different jobs in between, and gave me the courage to. Basically, make the leap, as you'll know. Setting up your own business is not so great, is uh, not so easy. So, uh, setting up a business in a foreign country is a touch, touch more of an adventure. But also, going back to my brother, I probably wouldn't have done it without him passing on. Gave me the bravery to do it and that kind of stuff. Take the positive from a bad situation. But yeah, and I ended up in Switzerland. Um, it was actually after we finished university, I started doing um, ski seasons. I'd skied all my life and Kendall dry ski slope. My mum had used to run the kids ski lessons on the dry ski slope on Saturday mornings and uh, and anyway yes a long short of it was I wanted to go skiing when I finished university so I went and did a season I went out for three months working for a chalet company as a chalet boy next thing I knew I think I'd done four or five seasons worked in bars and all sorts of stuff and fell in place and fell in love with this place called Verbier um, in Switzerland never heard of it before I got here before I got the job and absolutely amazing place love it um, so it was the winters that introduced me to Verbier in Switzerland, but it's actually the summers that now keeps me here. So I, once I'd finished my seasons, I actually went back to the UK and um, ended up working for a, uh, Impact International in the Lake District, really nice company I worked for. Met my wife, got a mortgage, got a dog, got into cycling. And um, yeah, next thing I knew, it was like we're looking for a new adventure. We had a great life. We had a great life in the UK. Didn't, it's not We didn't leave because we didn't, enjoy it it was just time for a new adventure I wanted something to get our teeth into I'd always wanted to be my own boss I didn't know what to do and basically one of the lads I used to work with in a bar in, in Verbier a Swedish guy called Jonas who is now a business partner basically said to me oh, come out here we'll set up a biking business thought he was taking the mick a bit a couple of weeks later I phoned him back and said you've been serious he's like yeah so I was like right come on then let's do it we came Kathy my wife and I popped out for a bit of a summer holiday one year checked it out and it was like right we love it. Let's do it. So the following year, we uh, we kind of like, right, how are we going to make this happen? Handed in our resignation letters. Kathy used to work as a teacher at, uh, primary school teacher at Heron Hill in Kent. Um, not Heron Hill, Gillside. Oh, that's a get slap wrist for that. But Gillside, fantastic school. And um, yeah, ended up uh, basically giving our notice and it's like, right, blimey, better make this work now. So yeah, came out to Switzerland year or so of sort of battling bureaucracy and getting work permits and things and then Velo was sort of released upon the world and we're on the adventure of yeah making it work and um, I mean the ultimate aim for us with the cycling business is to uh, sustain a really nice life living in the Swiss Alps um, and we do that by delivering tours um, so sort of from point to point place over a number of days things like Geneva to Nice, Zurich to Lake Como that's a good one um, we've got a number across Switzerland or one starting in Verbier, three or four days coming back after riding all these huge Swiss calls and passes that some people who are keen cyclists will know, but the, the general cyclists won't know. But for me, um, they're as 
good, if not better, than anything else that the French Alps, Italian Alps have got to add. They're different, um, but for me, it's, it's world-class cycling. And we're, we're based in Valais, which is actually only, I'm only probably about 50k away from the UCI global headquarters and the velodrome down in Egg, which is where we were meant to have the world championships last year, which unfortunately got cancelled. That was a that was a real heart wrench that one. I put a lot of work into that and uh, with the local tourist office and stuff, but didn't obviously happen. But um, can't begrudge that. It wasn't one, but it wasn't anyone's fault really. Um, but yeah, so um, do a number of different tours. Uh, we deliver holidays in Switzerland so people can come out here. We'll be based in a hotel, bed and breakfast, you know, Airbnb if they want. Uh, we've got a load of different accommodation options. And um, people come out here and we guide them for a week. Um, we help set everything up and get them here, hire bikes if they need it. Uh, and then we guide them around this beautiful area, trying to give them as much of the Swiss kind of culture, food, quite a lot of wine made here. It's quite good stuff. A lot of cheese. Food's great. Pastries are fantastic. Uh, the cakes are pretty good. Got nowhere to go though. Um, but yeah, and and uh, the other thing is that we just get people at times uh, phoning up, even even other kind of tour operators, and we'll just guide people. So say do quite a lot of people have second homes in Verbier, and they bring their bikes out for a chunk of time in the summer, and they're just like, look, can you show us around the area? There's obvious places to ride, but uh, uh, but yeah, because it's not as famous as kind of your Alpes or the you know the French Alps, Italian Alps, then they uh, they kind of want something to take them around. And Verbier's, I think it's fair to say it's kind of a quite a high-end ski resort. So the people who tend to come here usually have a little bit of money, so they don't mind you know the kind of money-rich, time-poor people. So they want to come and have an amazing time. And they don't mind maybe paying for a guide uh, or if, if there's a group of people it actually works out pretty cheap. Um, and we just show them the best we have on our doorstep for however long they've got and their fitness and the weather and whatever else. We take it all into account and uh, try and hit as many aims for them as we can and take them out and have a good ride. It's stunning. Beautiful place. It must have been a very difficult 18 months you've just experienced then. Um, and... <laughs> well essentially you must have just come to a grinding halt um what and where is the best platform for anybody that's listening because you know we get listeners from all over the world listening um mm. where's the best platform to come and find you we're probably well to be honest with you i mean you mentioned the last 18 months um we've been pretty quiet we've basically put a pause on the business to look after ourselves it was, we were hit a little bit before the UK um, and uh, during the winters I actually have uh, currently while we're getting the sort of the business to a point where I can just work in it full time, actually manages ski shop in Verbier. And um, yeah, it was on my 13th, it was Friday the 13th, which is actually my birthday. They closed the resort and uh, so it all went, all went belly up from there. And um, pretty much at that point I started we started getting emails and cancellations and postponements for groups and bookings that we had for last summer and then obviously because travel's been so hindered for everyone um currently we don't you know we, we haven't got much we get a few inquiries now starting to come through which is quite heartening um but kind of on a personal group you know like private groups and individuals and certainly the corporate stuff it got cancelled quite quick um so basically, we, we, we got to a point where, yeah, we've, we're 
we're just waiting for borders to open and then we're going to start pushing. So social media and things we've been pretty quiet on. Um, we've got a website. We need to update it after this last sort of 18 months. We've come up with a few different things and really good partnerships with companies I'm more than happy to talk about. But ultimately, we're on Instagram as Hope Velo uh, and Facebook, again, as Hope Velo, H-A-U-T-V-E-L-O, um, which basically transfer means high bike, so high quality, high mountain, high pass, that kind of stuff. Um, and Velo is biking French. And uh, yeah, so that's best place. We, we need, we're going to update our website soon, so it's not looking its best. But the best thing for me, if I'm honest, I like the personal touch. Send us an email, send us a private message on, on social media. Let's have a good chinwag over the phone and try and organize something. More than happy to chat to people about cycling, a bit like yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever give you that impression. Yeah. <laughs> You just touched on it there, a few partnerships in the pipeline. Um, is there anything that you can divulge now that you've got in the pipeline? Yes, yeah, yeah. There certainly is. Um, we've got sort of kind of local Swiss ones, um, which I can talk about. And then we have got a couple of international ones, which we're very excited about, all of them. But the, the international ones are really like really excited about we just can't say the brand name as yet because it hasn't been launched and and we're basically pausing on that until travel resumes um but basically yeah, locally we've got a really good strong partnership with the the tourist office uh, here in verbier and so we i've been writing blogs for them setting up photo shoots and video video graphs things to help promote the area I've been to london to do presentations and uh, journalist trips they've always quite good fun met some real characters cycling characters through that um, um, but basically we're running some um, free sessions for people to turn up so it's kind of funded by the, the tourist office uh, people sign up to it by purchasing a special pass and they can then come and ride with us for free but they also get a, an added bonus is that in Switzerland there's a, a famous ski mountaineer um, called Arno Gasso uh, and he's a uh, gasser sorry um, and he's you know fit as a fiddle uh, and so during the winter he's running up mountains with skis on and then flying back down them as quick as he can and he's in the Swiss national team so he's quite famous here so we run sessions with him so he's kind of a celebrity who draws the people and then we just make sure it runs safely with our guides and um, show them the best bits but um, yeah and then the other thing is locally here we have um there's a it's a fairly new sportive, but it's certainly it's kicking up a bit of a stink in the cycling world um, called the Tour de Station. And as most cyclists, well, it's a cycler sportive in the UK, we call it sportive. Um, but basically, they've got a number of different routes. I think they started maybe three or four years ago. Um, and each year they've kind of tweaked the routes. They're really good at listening to the feedback of participants and tweaking it. Uh, and last this year, they're now doing a distance, which is blooming crazy. Uh, but basically, you do an Everest over, I think it's like 250K. Now, I did it last year, but it was only 8,200 metres of climbing, um, which took me 14 hours. I mean, I wasn't the fittest I've ever been last year. I was carrying a little bit too much weight for that much climbing. But um, the, the winning guys, it's just incredible watching them bike. Um, but yeah, uh, so, there, so ultimately we were going to be, uh, we are now a tour operator for that. So if people want to come out here and have a go at that, they also have a Grand Fondo, which is part of the Look, is it Look uh, Marmot Grand, Fond uh, Grand Fondo yes, series? I think you're right. Something like that. So they're, they're, they're part of that. Um, 
so that's the the kind of level, the route below the Everest. And then they also have a few others going right down to e-biking and kids kids routes. So it's fantastic. But it's really good. I mean, in true Swiss style, run fantastically efficient. The volunteers. I, I mean, I've in my personal cycling, I've cycled all of the monument sportives. So Paris Roubaix, Flanders, all those. I did I did one every year for five years. I've done all of those. I've done plenty in the UK. Uh, done a few others in uh, France and wherever else. And um, and I've never had a volunteer walk up to me on my bike, take my bottles and say, just stand there, sir, disappear, fill up the water bottles and bring it back to you with a nice bar and stuff. You normally have to chuck, you know, fight your way to, to the front in the melee, grab a soggy banana and half eaten Mars bar and then fill your own water bottles when you're knackered and blowing your, <laughs> your bum, you know. But this lady came over and every, every I was like, oh, this is good. So I think it must be a one off next, next stop. Same again. It's like, good on you great so now so that's uh, the tour de station so yeah we can do that we've also got another couple of things coming up with them um where we're it's not been launched as yet but we're working through the details and it looks like it's going ahead uh where basically we're going to run training camps and uh holidays for them so basically people can fly over and over three days we're going to do the ultra fondo route which is the everest route uh, over three days so they'll break it up over three days so it's eight it's still 80k a day which isn't a huge distance, but you've got 3,000 metres of climbing each day. And we'll do a few days before and after to acclimatise. So it's a good taster for people come out who want to try the Alps, Alpine cycling, Swiss cycling. So so that's good. But yeah, then the international one, there's um, which we're not really allowed to say, say the brand off, but it's uh, it's UK cycle clothing brands. Um, they've got really good traction, got really strong, loyal supporters um, and, and clients. And basically we're going to be delivering a few holidays for them so that people be able to sign up. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a good price and come, come and stay with us for a, for a week in Valais, just not far from the UCI uh, headquarters. And we take them out for a week riding around here. So for anybody listening and you're interested, just keep your eye on the ball uh, and look out for these <laughs> being advertised. Um just on the facilities that are available, um, I know some people like to hire bikes when they come over. Now, me personally, I always like to ride my own bike. Um, even when I was coming over to Annecy and up to Egg, um, always like to have my own bike. Um, but is the, the facility there for anybody that's thinking about it? Doesn't want the hassle. It can be a bit of a hassle transporting a bike, and it's no guarantee it's going to get there in one piece. Um mm-hmm. You have all that in place over in Verbier, yeah? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. No, there's um, as as to honest you that the the majority of people, as like yourself, do bring their own bikes. We've all got nice, expensive carbon bikes. Why wouldn't we want to ride them on the best roads in the world? Um, and where where the tarmac isn't quite so grippy. And um, so yeah, so basically, yeah, most people bring their own bikes. But we've got some really good relationships with the local shops. Um, and there's another company nearby has a fantastic fleet of Bianchi bikes and they upgrade them every few years and they let us rent them, rent those off them if people are happy to spend a little bit more. But yeah, around here you can get easily get a nice carbon, uh, carbon frame bike with an Ultegra setup, which is perfect for around here. So yeah, easy. Sounds better than my race bike, that. <laughs> There's not none of those silly fixed things around here, mate. Obviously, my reputation goes before me. (laughs) Silly silly boy that I am, riding fixed all the time. 
you'd, you'd be struggling with your uh, gearing around here, I think. Yeah, I think I'd be looking for like a 42 chain ring and something <laughs> like a, a 21, I think I can get on the back at the moment. Maybe even a 23 if I was lucky. So, yes, I'd be chewing, chewing my handlebars. <laughs> on to components and, and, and gear. Are you on tubeless yet on your bike? Oh, tubeless. Uh, no. And it's for very good professional reasons. Um, basically, if I was to have a, a slice... I mean, you can always put an inning tube in, but for me, it's just easier to have inning tubes. Um, I'm not, I'm like you, I don't do time trials or race or anything. So, I'm, and, you know, you can always lose a few more kilos, can't you? But, so the weight saving and rolling resistance for me, it's, it's not really necessary. So I just stick with the, with the tubes. And if I get in a bother, I know I can whip them out and change them. And particularly when you're with clients, you don't want to be the guy that holds up, ruins somebody's day. So, and the roads here are pretty smooth, but there is also, and there's a few little sneaky bits that we know, and you might have to do like a tiny bit of, it's not proper gravel. It's not like your single track or anything. It's like a forest track. It's a bit like a, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a Cumbrian example. It's basically like a hard packed um, Grisdale forest track. The, the fire track. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's, it's, there's no big stones or anything. It's pretty, no. so it's pretty smooth. So I, people are fine with the carbon wheels and stuff. But if you did get a problem on there, then yeah, it's. Uh, but now, so I'd stick to tubes. No, I I, I asked because I, I see there's one or two of the pro teams at the moment in the Giro uh, are riding tubeless, um, and to a certain degree, yes, they're on really smooth roads the majority of the time. Um, so it makes sense for them because they've come away from what I call them tubs, tubular tires mm. that. I still time trial on tubs because of the rolling mm. resistance. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. that whole thing. Is it, is it the emperor's new clothes? Um, I know I, I ride tubeless on my gravel bike and mm. I know a lot of the mountain bike boys ride tubeless. Mm. Like I say, it, it's all right until something goes drastically wrong. And then you're I thinking, was, yeah, where do we go from here? Kind of thing. It's like, hold yeah, on. Yeah. I've not, even when I was, you know, I'll, I'll name drop here. Even when I was at Mavic and we were advocating riding tubeless, I always carried an energy in my back pocket just in case. <laughs> and there's all the videos out there on GCN about slashing it with a Stanley blade. And you're thinking, ah, oh, this, I just don't, I'm not going to tempt fate. Um, so mm. um, I've, I've come away from tubeless Um so, I've seen I've seen them work really well where somebody has had a, a puncture and it is the seals and they've managed to do a full day on it. But I've also seen it um, where I've had to then nurse a guy to a shop to then change the, the tire because it's slit. And you obviously need the what is it, the high pressure pump to blow it on and all that exactly. kind of stuff. You had to buy a yeah. new tire and then put the glue in and we lost an hour and a half of what could have been really good cycling if you just popped, you know, uh, what is it? An inner tube in, but but yeah, no, it's, it's, um, I've got another guide actually. And he, so that's the thing. He saves weight by not having tubes, but then he, a lot of the time when he's out with us and he's got his fancy with like, if we're just going out for a training ride or a bit of a thrash, he'll, he'll tape his spare tire to the back of his seat post. He's quite a tall lad. So he's got quite a long seat post and he tapes it on. It's like, so all that weight you've just saved. Now you've ruined it by carrying another tire with you. Doesn't make sense. Anyway. Like I say, but in his head, <laughs> he's convinced himself that he's doing the right thing. But, uh, yeah. 
let's have a bit of a recap then, Sedge, because I, I'm sure there's people out there that want um, a holiday in Switzerland. When I say holiday, I mean it's go and give yourself a right good beasting on your bike. Um, personally, I've ridden over there, um, not on for any length of time. It's just when I was working, I managed to get out a few times in Annecy and up in Egg. Um, nice. Where's the best place for the people to find you? Obviously, there's a website that you're going to be updating. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the, the website is live and people can contact us through that, which is hopevelo.com. So it's dead easy to find. Or Instagram and Facebook, again, just as hopevelo, H-A-U-T-V-E-L-O. Um, so they can find us on that. Um, yeah. And email addresses are on the website so they can get in touch with you yeah. direct. Super. Again, dead, dead simple. Info at hopevelo.com if people are keen. Um, you know, and even if they just want to talk about future things, if they're a bit nervous about traveling at the moment, give us a shout. We can get dates in the diary for next year or even later in the summer. And we're, we're trying to be as kind as well. We have been very generous. We basically, we haven't held any deposits from anyone. Um, you know, we've given money back to everybody and just sort of said, you know, get in touch when you, when you can. Um, we can do group bookings for people. Happy to do tours for individuals or groups, you know, build a group up. We've got loads of people who want to do different tours. But maybe they haven't got the sort of eight, six to eight people that they need to make it viable. We can add a couple of groups together. So yeah. ultimately, we we I mean the company, the job I used to work in, I used to run events all over the world. So for me, as long as we've got the enthusiasm, the right budget, um, you can make anything happen. And you know, so if people have got a hairbrine idea. So we had a group of lads who said we wanted to go cycle this area. Can you make it happen? I was like, of course we can make it happen. And we did, and they loved it. And now it's one of our products. <laughs> there so, you yeah. go. so the crazier your idea, the better. Um, oh, for me, I like a good challenge. Yeah. Just leaves me to say thank you very much, Sedge. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, on a personal note, if you get to speak to Peely Otter Spence, say hello from me. Uh, it's been a long time. Um, I think it was 97 was the last time I saw most of those boys. Um, Thank you very much for coming on the Time to Ride podcast. Um, and I look forward to seeing Thanks. you when all the restrictions are relaxed and you're back over in the UK visiting family and friends. And yeah. we'll have I'm to get out for a beer. Do a visit very Yeah, definitely. I'm due a visit as soon as possible. I'll give you a shout. But, mate, thanks very much for the invitation to come on. It's really appreciated. Small companies like us, any kind of publicity is great. But also, it's quite fun to be asked to do stuff like this. And it's quite exciting. So, thank you. And good luck with everything for you as well, fella. You're doing, keep cracking on. You're doing well. Thank you very much, Sedge. Look after yourself. Thank you, mate. Take Speak care. Speak to you soon. Take care, mate. Bye. Yeah, bye-bye. This week's Time to Ride was brought to you by The Spokesman, Bespoke Bicycle Wheel Building and Wheel Repairs, and hot velour.